Welcome to Life Beyond the Summit, a faith journey podcast for men. Welcome to episode number two of Life Beyond the Summit. I'm your host, Steve Crowdis, with co-host Andrew Platts in the studio. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Steve. Good to see you, Andrew. Good to have you back. Good to have the audience back with us that are here today. Hey, um, Andrew and I, you know, off uh, off recording, discuss what we think may be one of the primary reasons that men struggle in their faith. And we think it has a lot to do with the worries and the cures of this world. So we thought we would have you turn, if you got a Bible handy, um, go to uh, Mark 4, and we're going to start reading, um, did we say 3, Andrew? Is that what we were thinking? 3, then skip to verse 8. Yeah, we'll go 3 and skip to 8. Okay, so uh, if your Bible's ready and it's opened, if not, you can just listen to me read this. This is the NIV, New National Version of the Bible, um, the parable of the sower. Verse 3, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell upon the path, and the birds came and ate it. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and then withered because they were they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up grew and produced a crop multiplying 30, 60, or even a hundred times. And then we'll jump down to, um, oh, let's go to um, verse 18, uh, chapter 4, continuing. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries, and this is the piece we really want to focus on in this particular podcast, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things came in and choked the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, and even 100 times what was sown. So um, there you have it. That's, that We really want to strike a, a, a chord on the concerns of this world, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things. So let's talk about that, Andrew. The, okay, so we my, need to define what these are. Yeah, obviously, so the, the the person's the farmer sowing the seed is God. Correct. He has sown His word. Yep. He has sown His word into our hearts mm-hmm. when we become Christians. We accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, which is the Word, and then we have the Bible. The Bible is the Word of God, mm-hmm. and it is a seed. And that seed needs to be paid attention to mm-hmm. daily, mm-hmm. almost hourly. And the question is, is is it sown into a good heart where it's good, rich soil, where it's getting all the conditions it needs, the sun, the rain, and, the, and, and, and everything for that seed to grow? Mm-hmm. And if that seed grows in your life, the Bible says that that seed could multiply 30 times, uh, 50 times and a hundred times. So what God sowed in your in your heart when you became born again, you can bear fruit a hundredfold. And you're not going to bear fruit a hundredfold after being a Christian for a year. So so he warns us mm-hmm. that there that that certain conditions will make it so that seed cannot grow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of them is, is the cares of this world. And everybody can relate to the cares of this world. We're talking about cares at work, cares at home, 
mm-hmm. cares with your mother-in-law, cares with your arm shoulder that's not properly working, and you've got aches and pains, cares of, you know, broken relationships, uh, you know, cares of this world mm-hmm. drive us to work harder because, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 it drives us away from the word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, because, now, now follow me on this one, and you can tell me what you think. When we allow the cares of this world to get into our brain, and that when we focus on the cares so much, and not allow the Word of God planted mm-hmm. in our heart to be the predominant faith uh, meditation. In other words, mm-hmm. when we're not meditating on the Word, we're then meditating on our cares. Right. Because as we meditate on the Word, something happens. It's like it brings that seed to start maturing in our maturing in our life and start makes that seed to grow and it and it, it allows us not to look at the care so much we're looking at the word which is which which brings faith mm-hmm. and we're allowing god to take care of those wor- uh, of, of those worries and those cares so let's talk about that well, you know this is exactly what struck the chord for both you and i on we either calling it the gap years or the in-between years. We talked about that in episode one a little bit. So I, I can address my own cares and concerns that were very challenging to me that began to consume me. I want to say that I was actually overrun or or consumed by them. I was not I was overcome by them. And really what what transpired in my life was a, a series of weights that became burdensome and that I felt um, more focused on the weights than I was on the solution to dissolving the weight. And um, it's like you just said, Andrew, you, you get these things cooking in your mind and they they grow from infancy to something bigger than life. And I think oftentimes, I mean, the, there are all sorts of things that weigh us down. But in my particular instance, it was, it was uh, all the pressures associated with growing up. I mean, getting, growing up professionally, getting out of college and then beginning my first job and taking on the burden of traveling as heavily as I did and being exposed to all the temptations and travel and everything, all of those things in the midst of my walk with the Lord. But I was not connected to anybody. I wasn't, I wasn't deeply associated with a, a close friend that could help me work through the challenges of life. And then, of course, when I eventually got married, part of the cares of this life for me were the the notion of being remaining single for so long. I I felt like I was never going to make it happen, and that became an over overriding, constant, continual burden for me to weigh out. Um, who who is available to ask out? Who who was available to date? Who could be a prospective wife? I mean, I spent a lot of time meditating on things that were really not productive. You know, they were more painful than they were um, than they were delivering me into faith, you know, faith going from faith to faith and growing in my faith. And so then, of course, I entered marriage and entered the, the trials of a blend, my singleness to Susie's 18 years of marriage and three children and adding two more to the process. I mean, that became uh, an all-consuming fire, and I didn't do real well with it. Instead of Instead of managing it the way I maybe should have or could have, I tried to do it in my own strength. And so I think what happens a lot of times is we these issues, you know, that we we take on, whether they be bill paying or or employment, greater income, harder work, 
marriage, child rearing, you know, you, you mentioned a few of the same, um, they can become all consuming. But for me personally, the victory came when I began to step out of that and look at, I'm not, this isn't going very well for me. We've all heard that saying, how's that working for you? Well, it wasn't working very well. And I had a, a few faithful brothers that came to my side and really said, you need to get a grip. And the grip needs to be on God's word and in time in the in prayer. And so when I, that was hard to do at first. I mean, I, I wasn't real excited about the notion of committing time to him again for reasons related to wanting to be in control, not wanting to relinquish control, but discovering that it was, I was defining insanity. You know, you do the same thing over and over and expect different results and they don't change. That is the definition of insanity. And yet I was willing to do that dance, to continue to try to work it out only to find failing results. But it was it was pouring into the Lord. It was pouring into prayer. It was pouring into relationships with other men that were willing to do the to take this lonely walk with me, the walk to freedom, really, that got me to a position that I am today. You know, to, to experiencing victory. You know, um, if you're, uh, I, I I hear a lot of people, they'll. I've heard stories, let's say that, of people who go to the hospital or go to a doctor and the doctor says to them, well, you've got, you know, the first stage of, uh, of cancer. And then, and then they, then they hear that news that this, this big alarm goes off in their heart and they go home and, uh, they're, they, they have no faith. They're, they're Christian, but they're like, oh my gosh, I may die. They're panicked in their heart. Uh, they're up all night. They're extremely worried night after night, week after week. What's going to happen? I've got, you know, kids. I've got this and that. Well, if that person who got the news had had. So let's just call that a care of this world. It's a pretty big care, right? Mm-hmm. They got cancer. There's a lot of cancer out there and a lot of people die of cancer. But if that person would have spent many years before that. And I'm not just like one month. I'm just talking about years and years of reading the word, building their faith, allowing that seed of faith to grow and allowing the Lord to transform their mind and transform their thinking and getting these uh, small uh, blips of revelation through the word and spend time in prayer that when they got to the doctor's office and heard that bad news, the word of God would speak louder than that cancer mm-hmm. diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And they would come home and they would deliver the news to their spouse and say, you know what? I got a bad report from the doctor, but you know what? Uh, by his stripes, I'm healed. They would say in Psalm, it says, I cried out to the Lord and he healed me of all my diseases. There's another scripture that says he sent his word and healed me from all my destructions. Mm-hmm. So, The cares of this world choke the word because we do not take time to spend time in the Lord, spending any time with the Lord or enough time with the Lord and allowing the the word of God to be the preeminent voice in our mind and in our heart. And that's really good. You know, it, 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 this is, this is a big caution for men. Okay. If you are stressed out, and you're you're working way too much, and you're unhappy uh, with your life. And I've I've been there. I once said to my wife, "I hate my life right now." She got so upset with me because 
business was going very poorly. I was involved in some legal challenges and I literally, I literally hated life that moment. But honestly, I wasn't in the word. I was doing Christianity on my own time. A little here, a little there on the weekends, a little church here, but I wasn't daily allowing the word and prayer to, it just wasn't that, that I did not make that a priority. So I can tell you mm -hmm. that we talked in the first podcast about the in-between years. And if I had to define the in-between years, it was, I made a conscious decision to not spend time with the Lord daily. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Remember the word in other words, for that seed to, to be planted and to grow, you have to meditate on it. You have to give it time. You have to ponder it. You have to think about it. And Joshua, it says, do not let the word of the Lord depart out of your mouth, but meditate on it day and night. So you have to not only speak the word, do not let it depart from your mouth, but you have to meditate on it. Well, that doesn't mean you mm -hmm. get into a, you know, a sit sitting position like like one of those uh, you know meditators it means you're thinking about it all the time. You're pondering. Your 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 thoughts are on that scripture. Consumed. Your thoughts right. are consumed. Yeah. So men have th this is this is this is this is really it's the ABCs of Christianity, but we need to continuously think about this. Are we doing the simple things, and that is allowing the word? Yeah. You know, we're, you know, we're doers. Men are doers. Well, we need to be doers of the word of the Lord. That's what we need to do. We, we, need, to, we need to be defined by our, our heritage, by our creation. God's our father. He's our creator. Um, just as when you were a youngster, you know, you were introduced, you'd be introduced and somebody would say, well, this is my son. And you'd identify with your father. I remember in grade school, just as a way of illustration, they'd have this show and tell period during uh, grade school and, and you'd get up and most of the kids would get up and share something about their dads or their families. And a lot of the, I remember a lot of the dads traveled. So the kids would do a show and tell about their dad. But the point is the, the kids were, were, do, were sourcing back to the source of their family. It was all about their family. And our family as Christians is found in, in, in Christ. So our father is Christ. So if we don't make that the, the prominent feature of who we are, if that doesn't become the the, the prominent uh, focus of our hearts, then we're we're really missing it, and and we're proving that all the things that we pursue are are really fruitless pursuits. Um, uh, we get to the end of our lives. We we all know people that have gotten to the end of their lives, and they've 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 said, "Gosh, if I had to do it over again, I'd do it totally different." Yeah, it says it says it says the the, the deceitfulness of riches. I mean. It's right there as a warning. It's, yeah. you know, how many people are super rich, but they're not happy at all. So I would say the majority of people who are, um, when I say fabulous, there's either millionaires, multimillionaires, or billionaires. So they've achieved the pinnacle of monetary success. Right. But are you trying to, but I will, I, I will, I will, I will challenge those people. That I'm, I'm as as a Christ believer and a follower of Jesus Christ every day. I'm probably in my heart happier than those super ultra rich people because they 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 if they if they pursued the the riches, mm -hmm. they certainly became successful, but it doesn't deliver a life of of fulfillment. Period. It doesn't. It's actually 
It's warning in the Bible that the deceitfulness of riches is a lie. It's a lie from the devil. I will yeah, tell yeah, you, when I was in my 20s, I pursued money and a successful business with all of my heart. And it was very unfulfilling. Because when you run after money, you spend a lot of time, you know, it's just hard. It's hard work. Making money is hard work. And it's a labor. And after it, you're like, wow, I, you know, I got X amount on the bank, but I, I, I'm not fulfilled at all. So we have to put our pr- priorities correct. Yeah, it's a it's a chasing a chastening of the of the the natural things of this world. There's just no value to it. I'm I'm reminded of the scripture that says, "What is it if you gain the whole world but lose your soul?" I mean, it's there, there's so many scriptures that support the notion of pursuing God as the answer to life's challenges that we don't turn to him, but it's the place we need to go. It, it, we trip over the truth as believers, and we don't pursue it often, but it is, it is. The Bible says he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man will come to the Father but through the Son. I mean, it's just, he came to give life and give it in full abundance, but the way that the Bible defines life is different than the way we define life. If you look at the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, these are all virtues that are not made naturally they're made supernaturally you may you may gain portions of these in the natural as a natural understanding of the word but to get supernatural overcoming access to the fruit of the spirit we have to sow into the spirit we've got to be familiar with the lord we've got to be known by the lord and we've got to know the lord we've got to be one in spirit with him and and for me really when i did get to the end of my rope it, it was it was discovering that that's where the answer lied it was digging in, digging in hard and deciding to do the heavy lift. Like the guy I mentioned that goes to the gym. He's never going to lose the 300 pounds unless he's willing to go to the gym day after day after day. It takes a committed effort. In the things of the Spirit, it's no different. We have to pursue exactly. the things of the Spirit in order to grow in our faith and to be delivered from the worries and the cares of this world. But we read it very clearly here that the, that the, the cares of the world choke out the Word and make it fruitless. And if we want to, if we want to be fruitful, we have to be willing to sow. And if I had to do my life over again, you know, we all sometimes think this way, but there are certain parts of my life, you know, the scripture says, seek first. Mm-hmm. It says, why do you worry about what you're going to eat, what yeah. you're going to drink? You know, I, I'm able to feed the birds of the air. Then it says, for, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and these things shall be added unto you. So men out there that are very career oriented and have a great desire to be successful, I'm not minimizing that because I think it's actually admirable for people to be successful. I mean, we need to be excellent at what we do. You oh, yeah, to, absolutely. You should be the best builder. You should be the best salesman. You should be the best doctor. Oh, yeah. You should be great at everything you do. However, you know, is that profession and that desire to be excellent choking the word? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God? So I asked Steve when we were offline here, I said, you know, uh, you've had some challenges this year, some you know pretty major challenges. How come it's not getting you down? And, you know, uh, and so is, you know, Steve, tell me, tell, tell the audience what you said. Well, I, it's, it's not getting me down because, I'm I'm seeing it in the proper perspective. You know, it's I, I'm living a life that's eternal, and that in in you know the long haul, 
this is nothing. This momentary, in fact, there's a scripture that says, this momentary light affliction is is producing in us an eternal weight of glory. So I, I think when we get it in the right perspective, things work well. But when we get it out of out of balance, when when life is out of balance, but, but, it's but a the story. word keeps us keeps our mind. Yep. But 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 how how do you keep it in perspective? Well, okay. So I spend time in the Word and in prayer. Um, I I read. I, I I seek the Word. I seek the the Lord through the Word. I seek the Lord through prayer. And I'm and I gotta tell you, as I gotta tell you, the more I get into it, <clears throat> excuse me. The more I get into reading the word, the more I get into praying, the more I want to do it. It's it's contagious. It really is. Because it the Bible says you'll know the truth and it will set you free. So I'm finding freedom. The more freedom I taste, the more freedom I experience, the more freedom I want. L- listen to this out of 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world nor the things in this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life, is not from the Father, but it is from the world. The world is passing away, and also its lust, but the one who does the will of the Father lives forever. And that promise, that, gosh, it just it just lightens your feet. It, it lightens your load when you realize, you know what, I can, I can begin to shed these burdens. I can care less about the things. I don't mean care, I can care less like I'm not going to be responsible with them. But I, I begin to care less about the burdens and just believe God will will provide for the need, whatever the need may be. If it's bills that need to be paid, if it's a mortgage that needs to be paid, if it's if it's a, a, a medical emergency that needs to be taken care of, peace be still. And, and allow the Lord to minister to us, allow the Lord to do his work through it, allow the word to be a salve, to be an aloe to our bodies that that he may restore us and bring health to our bodies and and you know if you look at if you talk to the psychology or the 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 sociologists of today they'll 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 tell you that worry and those kinds of burdens are really we all know this probably generally anyway they're really bad for your health people's lives are shortened because they worry um if they spend an inordinate amount of time worrying worrying is a natural thing but we don't want to worry naturally we want to worry supernaturally allow allow the holy spirit to bring peace to our souls and our bodies and our minds when we reflect on things that are challenging to us. Lay them in his hands. Give them to him. Cast your burdens upon the Lord is what the word tells us to do. Uh, and he will sustain you. So I, I think the the trick, the real key to this is to be willing to submit ourselves to him, to believe by, you know, Hebrews 11, what is it? Hebrews 11, 1 says, now faith is the evidence of things hoped for. It is a conviction of things that are not seen. So really a conviction about things that are not seen. So we believe beyond our sight. We believe, and he said, even, even Jesus said to uh, Thomas, you believe because you have seen. More blessed are those who have not seen, and yet they believe. So so this form of trust is is out of this world. It's supernatural, but it's what we will be called to rise up to if we really want to be free from the trappings of this world, the worries, the cares. And you all know on, that are listening what your personal cares are, what your personal worries are, but they may be different than mine. Um, you know, there, there are many that will listen that have uh, terminal illnesses. Well, even in that, we're to give that to the Lord. We want to believe God will deliver us, but we know through Scripture that death has no power over us because it says to live as Christ, to die as gain. So either side of this, while we may suffer, well, we're told that 
suffering produces an eternal weight of glory. So there's there's really absolutely no lose to any of this. I, I think a psalm, is it 91, I think, where it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will, oh, I'm sorry, it's 23. I will fear no evil, thy rod and thy staff will deliver me. And then a psalms like, I will mount up as on wings on wings as eagles. I will run and not grow. Really, I walk and not grow faint. faint. Um, there's just so many scriptures that support the travails of life and how we're to view them. They're momentary. They feel eternal when we're experiencing them. But we we too can get through this, and it's it just it's a matter of committing ourselves and submitting ourselves to, and not only Him but His Word and prayer. I mean, that's that's where the victory lies. Yeah, when you know that, um, that there's look, we're we're in this world, and it's a tough place to live. Sometimes it can get very tough, and sometimes it's you know not as tough. But God has made a way. For us to overcome in this life and he's come to give us abundant life not you know not just life but abundant life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the where's the priority the priority is well the priority is what you make the priority so if you if you believe the word of god is true put it to a test and spend time with the lord every single day either in a closet in an office in a in a in a in a downstairs in the basement like I do, wherever you can, you know, it's funny because people actually do this. They have their places of prayer, and don't make it a big deal. If you have nothing to say, sit there and say nothing, okay? Mm-hmm, but meditate mm-hmm, on Him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you want to turn the radio on, not the radio, sorry. If you want to turn um like a song on and sing to Him, then do that for a while. What I do is I open the Bible. Sometimes I just literally open it up. And uh, there'll be a scripture there, or I'll refer to a scripture that I've been meditating on, and I'll just read that scripture in my own mind, in my own head. And I'll allow that scripture to, to sort of marinate. And I'll look, I'll go back to it, and I'll look at it again, and I'll look at it again. And I, I could look at it, honestly, I could look at it 100 times in, in 100 days. I can look at it actually 100 times uh, maybe five times a day. Eventually, it's coming out of my mouth, and I'll sit there and allow that seed. Uh, listen, I, I want the audience to really hear this. I allow that seed to plant itself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay, in my heart, and I'll allow, and I'll just let it go and allow the Holy Spirit. I'll wait and allow the Holy Spirit to open that seed up and to show me what's in it, in general, mm-hmm. and also for my life. Maybe God has a word for me. Yeah, through that scripture. And maybe it's got a personal, it's called a rhema. It's like a word, it's a personal word for me. Let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does well. That is, he's supposed to reveal the thoughts of the Father uh, into your spirit and into your mind. Mm -hmm. But you can't get that if you're not dedicating a certain amount of time. Let's not make this a formula. I'm not going to tell you to spend an hour with God. You do what's in your heart. If that's 10 minutes, I mean, spend more than a minute, okay? But, you know, try to spend maybe more than five minutes. Let's just say 20 minutes. Space eight. Out of all the hours I have in a day, let me give God just 20 minutes now. Let's And just do your best. Just do it, but just do it. Don't get defeated. Yeah. This is called seeking the Lord. It says, seeking you shall find. Mm-hmm. So, so 
test this out, it works. So for anybody who's done a little bit of it, you'll, they'll nod their head and they'll say, yeah, this actually works. Well, we know it works. Let's do more of it. So what will happen is, is you know, your mind, your mind is always meditating on something, okay? A lot of times it's a care. It's care of this world or an event or whatever. Mm-hmm. God says, well, allow the word, meditate on his word more, allow, allow that word to be to 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 be the preeminent um, authority that you are going to believe. Mm-hmm. We we the we we make a mistake because we believe lies. Mm-hmm. The devil mm-hmm. has tricked us into. Oh yeah. We're, we're you know before we got saved we believed a yeah, lot absolutely. of lies, and even after we're saved we're believing lies, and these are lies from the world. Like one of them is if you get rich you're going to be happy. You have a bigger bank account. You're not going to have any more cares. Mm-hmm. That much. So we believe the lie. So so we have to stop believing lies, and we have to start believing his word. And the way to do that is, you know, we have to break down one chain and mm-hmm. at a time. We have to cut off one chain off of our brain that we believe, and then we'll be set free in that, in that thought. And then we have to allow God to show us revelation in another area of our life, let that chain drop too. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, you look back and you say, wow, I believed all those lies and now I've been set free. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a continuous process. Remember, faith pleases God. So you sitting there for 20 minutes a day is pleasing him and he will reward you. It's a promise. Seek and you shall find. Ask Come and on. the door shall be open. Knock on the door shall open. shall be open and ask and you shall receive. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, uh, there are probably those of you that are thinking, how do I, I don't know how to do that, the 20-minute thing. What do we, what do I do practically to pray? And one of the things that uh, that I think is of value if you're not certain where to go is to be thankful. Start with Thanksgiving. If you can't start anywhere, thanks. start with Thanksgiving. What, what do you have to be thankful for? Your wife, your kids, your work, your car, your house. I mean, the list is long and distinguished. Your bank account, uh, your successes, your Everything. Be thankful. Show show thanksgiving to the Lord. That is a way to start. If you're not sure beyond that, you could pray the word. You know, you could get in here and, and begin to pray out of Colossians or out of Ephesians or out of Philippians. Uh, you could pray the very prayers that Paul wrote to those various churches in Philippi and Colossians and so on. But that's another way to pray. I, I think the, the trick here is if you will lean into beginning to practice this. And you know what? It's like Andrew said. I I wouldn't I wouldn't say you have to be um, all hyped up spiritually. You may not you may not feel like doing it. Do it anyway. Just like going to the gym. I, my doctor wants me to lose weight and go to the gym. I do it anyway. I don't really enjoy doing it, but I do it anyway because I know in the long term it's good for me. He wants me to be on a special diet. I hate doing it. I do it anyway. So you may have to push through. Now I will say this: as you push through, I know you'll agree with this, Andrew. As, as you push through, you will discover victory and you'll discover a, a, a desire to go do it again after you've done it. Now, you may not feel that initially, you know, maybe for the first, even if you do this every day for a week, you may not even feel, you may still feel like it's a, a work and effort, but you keep doing it uh, and and you will get to a place where not only is it easy, but you desire to go there. And I guarantee you, you will begin to feel as I have, as Andrew has, as many believing men that you know have, that you begin to feel a release. You begin to feel a freedom. You begin to feel 
um, a victory. You begin to feel a peace. The Bible talks about a peace that passes all understanding. We mentioned that earlier, and that really does come over you. But um, And then here's another thought. You know, I, I found real success with this. I love to have worship music on in the background. It just sets the tone. It's like a meat tenderizer. So just put some music on, either in a headset, if you don't want to bother those around you. And then listen to this, guys. You can pray in the public if you do that. You can be in the doctor's office and you can just close your eyes or not, have your headpiece in, have worship music on, and speak to the Lord silently inside that still small voice that's, that you have, that when you talk to yourself, that voice. The point is you can pray anytime. You can pray anytime, anywhere, and under any circumstance. Pray when you're driving down the highway for safety for yourself and vehicles around you. Pray for your family as you're driving. Pray for your kids who are out of state at school or at, at, at work or wherever they may be. Just pray. And I, I promise you, as you give yourself to prayer, it will become habitual. And you'll get to where it's second nature. I totally get it. You know, in the Old Testament, they wore, um, Andrew, help me with this because you got a Jewish background. on the forehead. Yeah, they wore the box on their forehead, which is the they word of God. Today, actually, the and they still wall. do it today. Yeah, the Wailing Wall among the, what, yeah, Hasidic the Hasidic and the Orthodox, and the Orthodox Jews. Jews. And they wear that there. Uh, there's a scripture that supports it in their yeah, Old says, Testament. Uh, I think in the Torah, it says, you know, put this box between the eyes and attach it to your forehead so that the word is continuously on your mind you know that, yeah. that's kind of the idea so yeah it's a, a symbolic thing it's a symbolic thing that and, they do and, and it's a and, reminder and that's the foreshadow that the word needs to be written on our heart yes and there's a scripture in the proverbs says you know actually in the old testament it says you know bind the word on your heart write it on your heart you know oh yeah, uh, yeah. where it is a necklace around your neck the word yeah. And, and 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 call call the word your sister. In other words, start start loving the word again. Yeah, absolutely. And keep oh, yeah. it in your mouth. Start. You know, there. I will tell you this: there is no formula. Let me ask you this: if you asked your kids to spend time with you, okay, do you expect them to uh, always be cheerful and excited about yeah, doing that? Yeah, not only that, but do you expect them to? To, in your presence to do one certain thing all the time. No. No, absolutely They not. could literally come in and just sit on a chair oh, yeah. and, and draw, yeah. and you're happy with them. That's the way we need to see God. Like, if you're going to go into your prayer closet or your prayer room, be with God and do your best to seek Him. But yeah. don't turn yeah. into a formula. I can tell you all the ways I've, I've done this, but, you know, the main, the overriding principle is this. Seek first the kingdom of God. And so all the men, yeah. now I'm in my 50s and Steve's in his 60s, but I'm talking to teenagers, whoever's listening to this, guys in their 20s, uh, even people who are unbelievers who may have stumbled upon this and are like, what's this Christianity thing all about? But primarily, primarily, I would say that most people on this podcast are believers. Seek first the kingdom of God. So that to me is saying, Make it a huge priority to seek him. So if you do not have 20 minutes during your day, I'm telling you, you're not really seeking him. And again, Absolutely. there's no formulas here, but but uh, this is a huge avenue of victory in your life. Mm-hmm. When I say huge, I cannot emphasize more about this. This actually transformed my life. I went from decades of of very lukewarmness about being a Christian to then dedicating 
and I, I dedicate an hour every morning, but sometimes I fall short. So, it, and it's not as consistent as I want. But anyway, that was that was that's what I've been trying to do. This is the number one thing that changed my life. So, if you're if you're unhappy, you know, uh, with 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 just your life in general, or you're unhappy with your spiritual life, and you need to make a change, you know, don't wait till things get worse kind of be proactive and pursue the Lord. He's pursuing you. We we know that he sees he sees us and he loves us with an unconditional love that he sent Jesus into the world that if you were the only one to save Jesus would have died for you and you alone. So we know that the love that God has for us he sent Jesus Christ and we know that Jesus the love that he has for us that he died on the cross. He wants to know you and he wants he, he does not want you to miss out on all the great blessings that he has for us. But we only can see those blessings if we pursue the Lord. It's not like we wake up and we breathe and we get those, you know, this is not a, we have to pursue him yeah. as, as our child, as a child of God. Yeah, it's exciting. I, you know, it's funny. Andrew was sharing that scripture. He was actually referencing uh, Luke twelve thirty one, which says, but seek first his kingdom and these things will be given unto you as well. Um but if you read, I won't read the whole thing, but I want to encourage you to go look at Luke, um, Luke 12, 22 through 31. And this is the, the in my Bible, it's titled, the section is titled, Do Not Worry. And this is the scripture that says, do not worry about tomorrow, for it will worry about itself, what you'll eat, wh- what your body will wear, uh, you know, where you will live, et cetera, et cetera. He talks about, in that scripture, he talks about the ravens. They don't sow nor or reap, but they're clothed, they're fed. And that's the truth for you and I. All these things that we worry about, all these cares. You know, one of the one of the other parts of the scripture that we shared earlier um, is in regard to the um, to the word of uh, the desires of this. You know, the the cares, the worries, and the desires. And you know, that's the other thing. We I I want in my life, I want the Holy Spirit to change my desires. I can tell you that when I got saved, oh, how does it read that? Andrew, in the in the um, scripture says, reference, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Okay, so we talked about the cares of the world, and we just talked talked extensively about the deceitfulness of deceitfulness of the riches. riches. So it's deceitful. The last one is the desire for other things yes. entering in choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Now listen to this, you guys. I I here's been my experience. I know it's true for Andrew too. My desires were one way before I came to the Lord, and they stayed that way. They were mostly. Uh, conventional, natural, humanistic, worldly desires. They were. Um, we talked about them. You know, some, some of the things we talked about was kind of in line with the deceitfulness of riches. The idea of succeeding, of having a, you know, a home with a two-car garage and two cars in the driveway and the ideal environment, the ideal belongings and so on. All my desires were mostly worldly. But I have discovered as I've, as I've sown into knowing Jesus and spent time in his word, that he has slowly turned my desires to those that are now at this stage of my life. I want to say I've gone from worldly. If you looked at a graph, it was predominantly worldly. Now it's predominantly spiritual. So my desire now is to win as many hearts to the Lord as possible. And and not just win like new salvation converts, but win those who are maybe where many of you may be. Maybe you're, you know, sideline for whatever reason you're not you're not as excited about your faith as you could be and so this podcast is really designed to enrich your faith encourage you to be all that you can be in the lord and i gotta tell you prayer and the word are the two keys to doing that 
and then spending time in fellowship with other believers. Of course, you know, worshiping together, um, but being united in faith with others, it, it will totally, it will totally turn around your paradigm, whatever that is. Whatever level of happiness or joy you don't currently have will be totally changed if you'll give yourself to His Word, to knowing Him, um, and to prayer. And that is really the key uh, to how we successfully walk this this uh, experience called, you know, Christianity or faith. Yeah, I think there's so much to this subject. We've just kind of... Oh my actually, gosh, we'll have to talk about it over and over. I think we should actually come back to this subject uh, either next podcast or somewhere further. There's, there's a lot here. This is a very brief kind of a glossary of, of what it means to really seek the Lord, but, and how to, how to change your life. But I, there's so much here. We, we, we should, we should revisit this uh, for sure, Steve. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, but I would, uh, I, I get, I'm, I get overly excited about this because I know it changed my life. Um, and I know other guys it's changed their lives. So I got out of the lukewarmness based on what I'm telling you guys right now. Matter of fact, I was, I, like I said, I had I had something really go wrong in my life, and I just that was it. I just said I I I don't know where to turn. But you shouldn't get to that point. You should be proactive and pursue them proactively. Yeah, you know um, we're going to get ready to wrap this up. I want I want to share two scriptures that I think are are meaningful. Um, Hebrews 12, 1 says, therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles us. Don't you think that's a good verse, Andrew? Sure. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So believers, and if you're a non-believer, we encourage you to consider faith, consider what it looks, what it would look like for you to 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 uh, to give your life to the Lord and walk by faith and not by sight. If you're already a believer, we just encourage you to be to be um, enriched by what we're sharing here, what we're wanting to do. Run the race. Run the race and run it to win. And um, and it says with endurance the race that is set before us. And one last scripture, just as a word of encouragement, in in Philippians three thirteen through uh, fourteen, Paul said this, brethren, I do not regard myself to have laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, I forget what lies behind and I reach forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That ultimately is the answer for all of us. We, we've got to be willing to go there to, to do the dance with the Lord and to find freedom and victory in the process. So until next time, you guys, uh, keep the faith and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Life Beyond the Summit podcast. For more information, visit our website at lifebeyondthesummit.com.